We have invited Merrick Moore. Oh, I just Moir. No, more. No, stop. Moyer, like Sawyer. Moyer. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I'm stopping. No, actually, I'm not allowed to stop this. Jim's like, Jim's like always one at it. We do it. Okay. Moyer. Thank you. Merrick Moyer, uh, back to continuing conversations for a fan suggested riff session. All right. I'm Michael Dismuke. I am a blogger on continuing missions and also a co-host with Jim Johnson. Wow, I'm really messing this up today. I'm just not losing my flow. So Jim, yeah, you know, the reason, but there's a reason why. Let me tell you why. The paw wraiths. Jim, take it real quick and then I'm going to get myself together. You're all discombobulated. I love it. Uh, hey, everybody. Jim Johnson. I am the project manager and the line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG. And the Captain's Log solo RPG, both published by Modifius Entertainment to load these many years, co-host on this here show with Michael Dismuke, ready to come up with a really cool episode for you tonight. Fan favorite, came up in conversation, I think, during our 100th episode, if I remember right, or maybe on fa- Facebook conversation, I don't remember. 100th what episode, for sure. Was it? Okay, cool. And uh, and we brought uh, uh, Merrick back. So Merrick, introduce yourself, please. Hello, uh, my name is Merrick Moyer. My pronouns are he, him. I do actual plays and freelance writing. And um, uh, you can find our stuff on uh, Skyhammer Press, whether that's skyhammerpress.com, Skyhammer Press on YouTube, or twitch.tv slash Skyhammer Press. It's all the same now, <laughs> mostly. Um, but yeah, we put together shows because we love these games and we want people to try as many of these games as they can until they find something that they love. Exactly. Uh, and this subject is cool because as we found out last time Merrick came on the show is that he's a Deep Space, Space Nine fan and a Benjamin Sisko fan. And as we've all heard, if you know anything about Jim Johnson, his favorite show is Deep Space Nine and his favorite captain is Benjamin Sisko. And if any of you know me, I hate Kai Wynn. so this theme of this session someone had proposed during the 100th episode was can you write a story wherein kai win and gold decott are redeemable are you that creative and so we invited merrick to this challenge thinking knowing you know knowing that he's a fan of 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 deep space nine now now just to catch you all up for those of you who may not have watched deep space nine don't worry it's streaming on Paramount Plus, you can you can correct that mistake. And even if just for one month, you pay the subscription fee just to catch up on the hundred and something episodes, that's okay. We give you permission to do this. But just so you know who Kai Wynn is. So Kai Wynn was a Bajoran religious figure, okay? A Vedic. Well, she, she's a Vedic, right? We would call her a Vedic. She was a Vedic, that, which is a religious title, right? Um, and she was like many religious people, highly manipulative for her own political purposes. <laughs> Chastise me, if you will, for me saying that, but that's who she represented as a character. And she was not a good character. I mean, she is the most passive, aggressive hypocrite you'll ever see on TV. And I really do not like Kai Wynn. Gold to Ka- Oh, go ahead. Add something, Merrick. Yeah, I was going to say, I have uh, a couple of friends who are huge Deep Space Nine fans with mm-hmm. me. And I recently rewatched the seasons. And while I was watching it, I was always texting them being like, and we always called her Pope Karen. 
Yes, Pope Karen is perfect. That there's actually there's no better description for her ever I've heard. Pope Karen, yes. And so then Gold Ducat, he was a Cardassian leader, a commander um, who ran Deep Space Nine when it was called Terak Nor. This is when the Bajorans were under occupation by the very harsh Cardassians who killed what 50,000 of them was that the final number like within the occupation or was it more could have been millions more i think it was up in the millions was it, was it millions okay multiple multiple millions i believe multiple millions yeah so gold Ducat was just a totalitarian dictator who in his own egotistical megalomaniacal megalomaniacal mind thought he was doing a service for the bajoran people by dominating them and when he got pushed off of deep space nine by the federation he was a contentious villain for the entire series until the very last episode where gratefully both kai win and goldicott died Okay, so I'm not going to give you more than that. Their death was wonderfully fantastic, involved a lot of fire, (laughs) screaming and pain. Um, But the challenge has been made to us gentlemen to try to figure out how we would write stories in Star Trek Adventures that would redeem these characters and make them lovable and fluffy. Go. (laughs) Go. I don't know. I don't remember the lovable and fluffy <laughs> part, but uh, I think we'll do our level best. Um, I, I do want to say one thing, though. Uh, I want to put this into context a little Please. bit uh, <laughs> just for the for the for the viewers who have not watched a lot of DS9. And what's the matter with you? Why haven't you watched DS9? Go watch DS9. It's mm-hmm. been around for 30 years. You have no excuse. It's <laughs> one of the best Star Trek series out there. Please go watch it. It's worth your time. Um, I, the context I wanted to give you is is like. Michael had a very clear visceral reaction to these two <laughs> characters. And and oh, I, want to I, be- I love Goldicott. Let me be clear though. <laughs> I hate Kai Wynn. I actually really love Goldicott. So I just want to be clear on that. Okay. Second best villain on TV. Uh, yeah. Who's the first? Xanatos. Gargoyles. Xanatos. <laughs> <laughs> also played by Jonathan Frakes, actually. Uh, but in the Disney cartoon gargoyles xanatos is my number okay, one. okay you brought it up so i get to pick oh, mine my number one villain is 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 mad from inspector gadget so oh cool <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh, the context i wanted to give you is um deep space nine had 176 episodes right over it's over its seven year run 176 episodes gold to god was in 35 of them no Only way five 35, right? Out of 176 episodes, Ducat was in 35. Wow. E, wow. Awesome character, awesome writing, awesome acting. This shows you the power of a really good character, a really good NPC that has significant impact. Even in the episodes that he wasn't in, he was influencing events, right? That's a good That's, character. Oof. Kai Wynn, <laughs> Kai Wynn, even more so because she was in a net total. Can I of, guess? Yes. Seven more. Oh, okay. I would have gone 20, just like right in there. Less, less than 20. That's also incredible. Yeah. 14. Kai Wen was in a net total of 14 episodes. That's like, I don't know my math. That's less than 10%. That's way less than 10%. Not very many episodes, but that is the power of Louise Fletcher and the writers and the producers and this in creating this character that she was so good at being so horrible that that she's 
reviled by like everybody. I don't know. I don't know. That anybody. gave me goosebumps. That gave me goosebumps. That's yeah. scary. I don't That's know anybody acting. who loves wind. That's great acting and writing. That's fantastic it's incredible. Acting. To be to 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 have people hate you so much and you've only been in 14 episodes, right? <laughs> but the the episodes that she was in were so impactful and she had so much to do like I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Non sequitur. Yeah. Non sequitur. I hated Danny Glover for a while because of how he acted in Color Purple. Mm. And and I loved it. He became my favorite actor at that time because of that. And I even saw him at a concert because he lives in San Francisco. So I saw him at a Prince concert once he was in the crowd. And I remember my first initial visceral reaction was hatred. And I was like, no. And I was just, I went up to him. I'm like, you're my favorite actor because he got me emoted yeah. like that. So mm -hmm. Kai Wynn is up there with Danny Glover. I mean, not the, the sorry. The actress name is Louise Fletcher yeah. is is uh, up there with with Danny Glover. I'm yeah. starting to think of other like great villains in TV shows. And yeah, when there's a villain that you despise, it's because the actor is so good. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. believable. It's just believable. She's just skin crawl. Ugh. Exactly. Every, every way she speaks, her little tone of voice, mm -hmm. you just like, oh, so great. Oh, my Karen. Hope, Karen, <laughs> like every every time she says "my child," it's like nails scraping oh, on the, on the yeah. Car. It's like, oh. it's like and you, like um 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 um. Oh shoot! I just drew a blank on her name. Nice. Uh, not not a visitor, right? You could see in her face, Kira, yeah, her, her Kira's reaction every time Kaiwin said "my child." You just like, I want to kill just, you, but I can't. <laughs> when she says something like, "Oh, of course, I did not expect you to." Think of it that mm. way, emissary, and it's just like let's let's talk about the evil that's gold to come. Wait, did you have some more points oh. to share on that, Jim? Uh, no, 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 no. That was because I'm okay to... talking about Kai Win, how evil she is was... for a whole hour. I'm okay with you this. know what. <laughs> Before we go to Gold to Cat, I'd say even as much as as Kai Win grates on me, I feel as if she is more redeemable than Gold to Cat. Mm-hmm. Disagree. But we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. All about, right. We'll talk yeah. about this. We'll get I'm into gonna, it. I'm going to tell you why I think she's harder. Okay. Anyway, gold. Okay. Okay. Done with Kai Win points, Jim. Those were great, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. I kept 14 yep. episodes. Now, now you know I'm going to, on my next holiday off, watch, watch all. all 14 episodes. Oh, I'm going to do. I know it. I, I, you know, sometimes it's good to like go into the dark place just so you remember there's life after, but gold to yeah. <clears throat> Okay. So gold to what made him amazing to me <clears throat> there was a, a i don't know if you've done myers briggs test <clears throat> and there's a intj is a one of the letters and general patton was an intj the one who influenced the decision to storm normandy and knew that they he calculated that a million lives would be lost um, and that was, you know, it's a, I'm not comparing at all gold to cut with Patton and the decision of that. I'm not saying that, but there's certain personality that has somehow clicked in that there's such thing as acceptable losses to get your goals done. Gold to was a very strategic, like the way he, by the end, I'm one, I almost believe that he loved the Bajoran people. Mm. And he convinced me that he loved the Bajoran people. 
And no, it was he never just, convinced me. He, are you serious? I see to never. this day, I think he still loves Bajoran people. I, I no. really feel he did. Okay. Tell, tell me about this. Then what's your perspective for me? It's never love. It's control and obsession. Like okay. he needs to hold them. He needs to place them. He needs to be their father figure. And that is not love. And I agree when the, that is in not, the root definition of love. I yeah. agree. But I'm saying in his mind, he oh. thought it was love. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree that he's self-deluded. Right, right. He, I said <laughs> yeah. megalomaniacal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in, but he wasn't doing it out of just hatred, like genocidal no. hatred. He literally thought everything he was doing, like Patton, that's why I go back. He thought everything he had calculated was purely out of love. And that to me was fascinating. He convinced me that that was his motive. And that's why I think he's not redeemable because he's so wrapped up in he is the hero that he could never change. That, oh, and just the, the atrocities that he has committed against the Bachoran people. Like Horrible. the the episode where um, where Kira uses the orb of time and goes back in time and sees that Galdicott was with her mom. Um, oh. And like he's got this pattern over 20, 30 years. I, I was mm, nope. Jim. Gotta get your take on this. Yeah. Goldicott, Kai Wynn, come on. <laughs> um, I think uh I, I I think I agree that Kai Wynn is probably more redeemable than Ducat. Um I think uh I think Wynn um has enough in her backstory that there is elements of like a sympathetic character there who got caught up in her own ambition. And then just got kind of carried along by this, by the, you know, the sweep of history and the sweep of tide. And, you know, unfortunately she, she fell in with Ducat and got, got, uh, um, n- not double crossed, but got, got, got completely consumed by his cult of personality. And it was, it was at the very last minute, she realized what she had gotten into. And she was like, oh, hell, and that, and there was, there was yeah. no way out at that point. Well, right, she, she did her best, but let's um, talk about that final moment though. Yeah. Because if you watch carefully, she brought him to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. She was still manipulating to the very end. She was. Mm-hmm. She was. She did. It was again, love that definition of it. Yeah. She let him seduce. I, I, again, I don't know if he seduced her or she was just playing the game to get power. Yeah. But to your point of love, I think mm-hmm. that Goldicott believes he loves the Bajoran people. Absolutely. He did the Paul cult, Paul Wraith cult, and all of that. I win does love the Bajorans. She does. Absolutely. But I think her ambition and her selfishness comes first. But I think that she has the capacity to overcome those and still go with the love of the Bajorans. I don't think Goldicott has the capacity to overcome his own selfishness. And we've seen that from him, like taking control of the, what was it? Taking it away from the, the Tapa council. Mm-hmm. From like when his daughter dies, to like so much of his stuff is just he can't. He never changes. He's maybe it's, maybe it's just that my inner despise for religious leaders over politicians. <laughs> She's such a politician, though. Yeah. She's a fantastic politician. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So with this, this is great. This is great. Yeah. But this tests us as writers. We're in the writer's room. We want to really show um, <clears throat> players and game masters, like you can do anything with your own game. There is no wrong answers, right? So we're pushing this to, I think, what might be the most extreme episode ever of trying to work this out. <laughs> are we doing one episode where both of them are redeemed? Well, are we, are we trying both, two different stories? Well, well, let's play with that idea because they both died in the same episode yeah. and they both, the killers were the same. Mm-hmm. And we all know that any spiritual journey as, as was deep space nine, in my opinion, a spiritual journey, that death is not finite. So, so it would be easy to me. That's the easy solution is to have that. They went somewhere else mm. and came back. That's to me, the easy answer. Right. Oh, chills up my spine. What if, because the prophets, the wormhole aliens are outside of time, Kai Wen and Gul Dukat are brought back to the beginning of the celestial temple and they get to grow into their own versions of either a prophet or a paw wraith. And so your players can maybe interact with them and help them uh, choose this new path for themselves as spiritual beings, no longer corporeal beings. You're acting like they each become an orb of their own. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Like an orb of, of, uh, Aaron, <laughs> like the, an, orb the orb of pa- of, an orb of passion, ambition. Yeah, an orb of ambition. Oh, oh, I love that. And then, that's and then, deep. that's yeah. Ooh, <laughs> cursed objects and like intelligent objects are always pretty fun, right? Wait, has there ever been an evil orb? Yeah. No. Goldicott. That's that's was, the interesting context. Is imagine if their characters, if they're set before 2370. What was the last year of Deep Space Nine? 2370. 75. What? 75. 2375. Uh, and it started in 2368 then. <clears throat> 60, 69, 68, something like that. Yeah. So, so if you're set before 2375, you find these time lost reincarnated orbs. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that's that. Crazy, but I mean, it also could be it, they don't have to go back in time. Maybe the prophets, or maybe Cisco's thing at the end of the series where he's gone is compressing them, spiritually binding them into new tiers of the prophets that are then sent out into the into the galaxy. Mm. Man, I hope Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly are listening to this. Now, now that <laughs> that is a hell of a story I would like to listen to is what if Cisco as the um as the raised prophet at the end of DS9, right? He he ascends to be with the prophets in the celestial temple. Maybe maybe the prophets as one of their first uh tasks, tests, whatever for Cisco is to take whatever's left of Kai Win and whatever's left of uh um Ducat and say, uh, here, here, here's your projects. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know who else would be there then? Redeem them. Who else would be there then, technically? 
Who else was a victim to the Pareths? Season six. Oh. oh. You get Dax back. Dax, you get Jadzia. Jadzia, yeah. Dax would be there too. That'd be interesting. That'd be Which interesting. would be crazy. Maybe. Like, she wasn't killed by the by the paw wraiths, though. She just died. Uh, oh, yeah. Like Goldcott stabbed her while he was, was while he was possessed by the paw wraiths. her, didn't he? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, who knows how those anyway. worms work? Those worms can work in mysterious ways. <laughs> don't, but like, don't mess with on Curzon would have figured it out. Yeah. But anyway. imagine, imagine like um, like you said, Cisco's task is to is to redeem them. And Cisco goes, Well, then they need experiences. And so as orbs, they go out into the galaxy and he's like, drop them off with a Starfleet ship. And Guldukat Orb is like on a Starfleet ship in, you know, 2679. And you're, you're, yeah. No, right. And what if he's dropping them into different bodies of Starfleet officers to experience? Interesting. Compassion. That's that's a possibility. Sure. I I, I think um, I, I like the idea of, um, of embodying Ducat in an orb, but what an interesting exercise here. I'm going to, I'm going to stick you in an asteroid field somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And you can sit there and you can get think some, for a thousand years, <laughs> sit there and think for like a thousand years until archers and XO one just happens to discover you somewhere along the way. And, had, or, or, you know, a, a, a starship from that period of time in Starfleet's infancy encounters you. And and just you know see what happens and and uh, yeah, where you both are inspiring me is this. I, I have a fascination with the prophets because they're aliens, they're wormhole aliens, and I, I think I mentioned before in in a, in a, in a other episode <clears throat> when we interviewed Derek Tyler Attico that in my game the wormhole aliens are actually applying for Federation membership <clears throat> as the first extra dimensional entities to do so so it's a whole seasoned activity but but and there's an emissary one of our characters became the intermediary and cisco's back and all this stuff so because they're the in protecting the galaxy you need to protect it from extra dimensional threats too and so the invitations kind of you know met with that so i like the idea that you're both conceiving because we're talking about using these two characters to explore the prophets and what makes them Mm-hmm. And the idea that if they experience enough and learn enough that they become prophets as well. They're nonlinear, and right? That, exactly. That, whole, that moves the whole nonlinear. Like what is good and evil and what is the path to good and evil and when are you good and evil? Yeah. And what if the prophets that we've known for the entire length of Deep Space Nine also include Ducat and Wynn? Because at some Ooh. point in the future. Oh, oh, drop the mic. Hold on. Let me move away. <laughs> 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 That's killer. Oh. Right? Oh. And they're the ones testing the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's nonlinear, right? So, so Cisco might have brought them in and, and helped um redeem them or refocus them but then because they do live in nonlinear time they they might have been responsible for influencing cisco's mother yeah to becoming uh the mother of cisco and it's just this funky 
Ouroboros of you know what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? You can just get this whole time, timey wimey, uh, you know, trippy stuff going on here. I love it. Well, That's can, cool. And I'm going to read something to you too, which is going to freak out the writers in us. Okay, the very definition of emissary is a person sent on a special mission, usually as a diplomatic re- representative. The key in that sentence is sent. Emissary derives from the Latin emissus, the past participle of the verb emitters, meaning to send out. And like so almost, he would imagine he if you would send somebody send out of the them. time space continue. Yeah. But what if the whole cycle of it in the infinity symbol is you send people even out of the time space continuum mm. as an emissary to the prophets to form a union between the physical and the non-physical, the non-corporal and the corporal. <laughs> yeah. It's almost quantum it. leap of Star Trek. There's, it's there's, really deep. There's beautiful themes that you can play with with that story. That's super cool. Yeah. yeah some of the social themes and let's talk about it because you have to have the social themes is, you know, redemption, right? I want to mm-hmm. nail down what their orbs of though, because I feel like <laughs> I love this. Uh, He's like, I'm doing it. I, like yes. it's in my brain. And I, I, I feel okay. like when is, is ambition. But Galdukat could also be ambition. And I'm trying to figure out which, like, what would Galdukat be more of? Or is there something that's more clearly Kai Win than ambition? Mm. Well, here's what's interesting about it's ambition. Control. Ambition is the strong desire to achieve something, right? And she wants to be the spiritual leader of Bajor that is loved. That is her goal. And she gets okay. halfway there. She's I'm just wondering there. if they're two of the same and they balance each other out. <clears throat> so are they one orb? And like your players go into the orb, have an orb experience. And it's like Kai Wynn and Gul Dukat being like, rah, rah, rah. That's, like two, that's like two devils <laughs> yeah, on your exactly. shoulder. That's, like two, that's a horrible situation. Have two devils on your shoulder. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe wins the. I don't, I don't know if acceptance is the right word, but like, I remember one of her big character shticks was that she was really like, she had a secret resentment to Cisco because Cisco was connected to the prophets in a way that she never was. And like, and she never could be right. She, cause she, she, she didn't hear them the way he did, or she didn't hear them at all. And she always wanted to be more connected to them. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So I wonder if there's there's some sort of angle there of like she wanted like she wanted to be connected to the Bajoran people, but she wasn't really. She wanted to be connected to the prophets, and she wasn't really. But she still ended up in this power of religious positioning, right? So, what if they are you know corrupted um, orbs, and she's the orb of envy, and then mm. as you work on her, she becomes the orb of acceptance. Hmm. Okay. And then gold to caught should be in a transformative mode. Ooh, ooh, you're talking about how prophets are born and develop into maturity. So, mm-hmm. so it's what he is and what that, what, what emotion precedes that, right? What they're yeah. supposed to become. Oh, that's some good social dynamics. Yeah, yeah. So, envy to acceptance. And so gold to caught would be almost like a mistaken love to true love. So what would be mm-hmm. the words for that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, lust, van- yeah, like a possessiveness. You said vanity. Vanity, yeah. Vanity's a good one for him, yeah. Vanity to compassion or vanity? Hyper vanity. To... Where, would, where would he go, though? Compassion yeah. is a good way to land Gul Dukat because 
if he's this dictator who feels that he knows best wait wait vanity to empathy empathy yeah for him to step away from a role of i know best to i accept and no longer stand in your way that's kind of where i think he needs to go and empathy kind of gets there would it be fair to say that the prophets in first contact, because since they're not time linear, they're not constrained by time, and so time doesn't make a difference to them, their way of establishing first contact is determining if a species has the capacity for growth emotionally? Do we see them very emotional, though? Do we? Not really. They're... they're no, no. The, the prophets are usually quite like robotic and that yeah. i think is just how they how they interact with a linear species because they're they're not able to understand mm -hmm. but yet but yet they they are born we're going to assume again this is all to me about figuring out who the prophets are yeah that's watching the tortured growth of these corporal beings including and cisco i mean right i've always believed that the prophets are bajorans that like transcend linear time and then shepherd their younger selves through societal growth and and oh, and itself like i've always considered them as actual bajorans let's mm -hmm. go through our theories jim what was your theory and i'll go to my theory what's your of theory what the, about of who what the prophets the, are yeah what the prophets were oh gosh um I don't know that I ever really established a real good internal thought process. I, I, I didn't love the idea that they were aliens coming around to just be benefactors of Bajor. I was like, oh, that, that's kind of weird. Why would a group of aliens do that? Right. They, I felt like they had to be more tied to Bajor somehow than that. And I think the idea that they were Bajorans who ascended, uh, I mean, that works for me. Um, I don't know that I, I mean, even after 30 years, I don't know that I put a huge amount of thought into who are the prophets and who are the or the wormhole aliens however you want to look at it but um now that we're talking about it i think it makes sense that they are bajorans who did ascend into this nonlinear space and, and and then that gets really yeah. weird and fun because it's in a way it's self-fulfilling but also not because they gotta keep that circle of life going the the mm. way i wrote them in in our game was they are uh, multi they, they're multi-dimensional as whereas we travel earth a to b point physical space they actually explore through layers of reality and what they do is try to find the most spiritual species because they're non-corporal beings they try to find the most spiritually uh species to create first contact with to make contact with that layer of reality and then spread the word accordingly um mm -hmm. And so, so, and so I have them working in multiple realities. So pulling it back to where you'd think of how they would do first contact, then they would do first contact with a species once it has um, generated enough sort of spiritual energy, like the paw, like, oh, your paw is strong. And can we talk about how when Kaiwin grabs somebody's ear? <laughs> Just get your hands <laughs> off me, you pervert. <laughs> Yeah, I can't feel my paw. I'm calling my lawyer. Me. I'm calling my lawyer. Don't touch me. Don't touch. Me. But like, so maybe that's what their version of the of the prime directive and first contact is is yeah spiritual but, growth. I, yeah, but I want you know, and the thing in my game is 
<laughs> they are obviously weren't going after who's most intelligent. They're not going after the most logical. They're not going over telepathic species. They literally know that there's a layer for spiritual. Mm-hmm. And they went for the most spiritual re- spiritually receptive species. Yeah. And that's and on each layer, their first contact is based off spirituality. Mm-hmm. And the celestial temple appears and is is found at the moment of the Bajoran's lowest point of spiritual health mm-hmm. because they they suddenly are freed from these decades of of um, subjugation and they've abandoned a lot of ways they're all you know a lot of them are rebels and, and damaged yeah but let's think strategically they have this connection for hundreds of years mm-hmm. with this prophets we know that then for 50 years, the Cardassians come and stop that spiritual growth through domination. And so the prophets need an emissary powerful enough to push off the Cardassians. Welcome Benjamin Sisko and the Federation. So to them, it's all just political ga- game brinksmanship. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I think it's also important to think that to the Bajorans, corporeal uh, linear life forms aren't super distinguishable. Like for them to be like, let's oh, pull in the point. Federation good and, point. and pull in okay. Ben Cisco. Agreed. Like, they're just like ah, Ben Cisco's. We prepared him. He is of Bajor. His mom is of us, and and we're pulling him into this area. Mm. But I I never like the idea of, uh, you know, the Federation stepping in as the 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 big brother that helps Bajor. And I love how they explore that in DS Nine. I like that. So their sensors detect your spiritual level. Yeah. They don't look at the outward fleshly. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's definitely another layer of reality that maybe some species just pop into. And I do like the distinction that you pointed that it's not necessarily psychic species because they're not popping into. I would want to in Star Trek. I'd want to, which DS nine did a good job. They explored a different, they didn't automatically assume telepathy psychic with spirituality. They created its own yeah. new genre of science fiction. Yeah. I thought that was so cool that they took it there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so now Kai went and gold to cot. We've got, so we were building the profits, which is good. This is fun world building <clears throat> that was never done. It was never completed. Right. We, that's why we're all satiate over having some sort of sequel. But so now with that said, since, Jim's been the quietest. I'm going to pull him into it. So now what do we do with Kai and Cole? Well, I mean, I think... Uh, and by uh, the way, my wife's name is Kai. I just want you all to know this. Because <laughs> <laughs> that makes it even... Ah, just, I mean, if I were if I were going to do this as a, you know, a Captain's Log story, I would do Captain's Log from D- Gold Ducat's perspective, and then I would do one from Kai Wynn's perspective. And I'd probably, I'd probably get down into the weeds on, on what we're talking about here, where they... Um, they become the orb or they become the, the, the thing. And then they've got to figure out that whole journey toward uh, the journey from selfishness to selflessness, right? They, they have to figure, they have to figure that out. They make mistakes along the way. Maybe they learn from it, but if they don't learn from it, guess what? They're nonlinear. So, so Cisco's going to kick them back to, a, <laughs> to another example and say, Quantum okay, leap. <laughs> You know, you didn't learn your lesson or you didn't learn a lesson from that experience. Go try another one. Go try another mm-hmm. one. And um, 
and 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 maybe this is the prophet's way of testing humanity to say are you a species that is capable of redeeming somebody helping somebody else be redeemable right T- taking mm-hmm. an irredeemable person and making them redeemable so it would be you know it would be Ducat's story it would be Wynn's story you could also fold in Cisco as the emissary and have him be part of the story um it, and that's from Captain's Log perspective it, I think I would really have to think about how I would do this with a group of player characters and getting them I mean this is a whole campaign right this is a this is a very mind-stretching kind of campaign where you're getting into the levels into the into the um into the profits and the wormholes and the, and the non-linear. I, 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 I think we could pull together a bridge crew of characters either made up or from the Star Trek universe mm-hmm. of crew members rooting for these two people to win. Like imagine if you're pool, I'm trying to let, let the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Star Trek season one, Charlie. Charlie X. X. Mm-hmm. where's charlie x in all of this where is someone who's been spurned by the q continuum in all of this mm-hmm. what is what is this group of explorations who's really boldly going where no corporal being has gone before as part of exploration there's ways that, that like i think how you're talking about the human experience right now jim and the social implications and really in society nowadays <clears throat> how do you redeem people Mm-hmm. You know, cancel culture. Do you even have an interest in redeeming people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's ways that this could be really hard hitting. Like, who are we to call someone irredeemable? Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that's really, really cool. Because once you put it in that perspective, the honest, the honest is on Gul Dukat and on Kai Win to make those choices and to grow and to become better people Mm -hmm. and your player characters get to enable that and, and um, witness that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where you would, you would want to have, if this is a group of player characters, right? You would have, I think I would probably set it up to have Cisco be the, like the mentor guide kind of person like the Janeway on protostar who's kind of there to kind of help mm-hmm. out where appropriate kind of nudge things along but it's really up to the player characters to figure it out but i think this would be a real good test for the player characters to see where their compassion is where where is their compassion where is their selflessness to to especially if any of them are bajoran or have had like if this is a game set like post dominion war where they saw firsthand all the horrible things that happened because of these two characters. And now they're in the position to have to potentially, you know, not so much redeem them, but to help them redeem themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're getting deep. Um, so I now this I is love it. This love is an it. it hurts. It's so good. Yeah. Right. It's an opportunity for the, for the players to like really, really self-analyze. It's like, what is important to me? What is important to my character? And, and, and what is my character willing to let go of in order to, unlock this compassion for somebody who doesn't maybe deserve your compassion, right? Who, who has been so heinous for so long. Right. And, and, and you're right, Michael, boy, there's some, there's some real life current events type of stuff that this could absolutely hit on. Cause there are certain people in this world right now who a lot of people think are very much irredeemable. And, um, 
that there are days I'm like, and I'm right there with them. Like, I, I, like, why is this person here and still in a position of power? And, and yet, like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, but they could be like, if someone actually made the effort, they could maybe turn that ship around just a little bit, just enough well, to take the edge off. And I'm always the type when you know, I think we talked about this last time. I'm, oh, I was on another podcast. And I talked about it. <clears throat> I don't, I'm not quick to blame the person. I'm very quick to blame the system that creates these peoples and enables them. Yep. So, so you could even take the game there. It's like Kai Win is a product of Goldacott is a product of, which I think is a very healthy mindset in this day and age where we know systems were put in place mm-hmm. to force people to act a certain way. Like, say, racism, for instance. Like, of course you're going to be racist when it's totally monetarily beneficiary for you to be racist. Why wouldn't you be racist, right? You have all the benefits. So so I, I think if you even structured it from there, where they're now free of these systems and mm-hmm. able to observe them from a higher level, like, oh, my God, I was a pawn. I Isn't thought I was in control, but I was just a pawn. That's. I think that that's a good straight line with Kai Win. I think that it's a lot harder to play that with Goldicott because he says that to Cisco when they're like stuck on the planet together and they're going to die. He says like, no, I was good for Bajor. Yes. Cardassia was bad, but if it wasn't for me, the occupation would have been worse. And you're just like, Oh no. Mm -hmm. And like, he's bought into the system so well. That I think that that's harder for him. I think it's easier for Win. Okay, I'm not naming names, but we know political figures like this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the struggle. Is it redeemable, and can you write the story of that? Yeah. One. Yeah, well, one thing. Oh, yeah. No, go ahead, Mary. I just want to say uh, when you were talking about when Jim, when you were talking about um, uh, Cisco being the kind of Janeway helper character, like I just pictured. Cisco dropping into your bridge, leaning back in a chair, tossing a baseball up and down, just with that smile on his face. And I'm like, I want to run that scene. <laughs> I mean, you guys are really writing a novel right now, is what you're doing. <laughs> this novel would be crazy good read. Oh. And then dropping them into mortal situations. Mm-hmm. But with this higher cognizance level understanding of existence, that's beautiful. I mean, th- okay, there are, I, I don't want to, I don't want to find out how we redeem them. I'm happy and satisfied that they're on the path to redemption. Mm. And that maybe they were there all the time because time is not linear for them. And like we said, they were the prophets the whole time. Wow. This has been satisfying. I don't know if we I don't know if we entirely if we entirely answered the challenge, but uh, I think there's certainly plenty here to think about. And there's so much more we could unpack, too. Right. I mean, gosh. Well, I want to design. I want to do it a little bit. If, if say, for yeah. instance, we were playing this game, we say we're going for it. We don't know where it's going, but we're going for it. Let's talk about this shipper station. What would that ship now we're going into a whole new realm of technology because this is everything's technology to me. Even the prophets are using some sort of technology, right? We just it's beyond us just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not technology of some sort or or physiology. So what are they using to travel? Just wormholes here and there. And there's some central hub, which is the, you know, because we got to roll on maybe getting from here to there with a wormhole, right? 
if it, if you're building into game mechanics, what would you do? Shipper station. I would do, I think I would go ship. I think if you went station, you would be, um, you might tend towards sort of mirroring Bajor and Bajor's challenges, like especially if the station was placed near a planet. And I think that that would reinforce Goldicott and Kai Wynn's like previous characterizations. Really? Because see, I'm seeing the station as the wormhole. The temple, the celestial temple, as mm. the net, the central core nexus to the hub, mm. to get everywhere else, you got to get through space and time. Okay. That's how I'm th- that's how I was thinking. I was like, it, it, what? Because if it's a ship, then you need a bridge crew, right? Mm. Which yeah. is not. I'm just saying. I'm just questioning how it would work. Well, I, the characters in the in, in DS9 had opportunities to encounter the prophets and, and they weren't at Bajor and they weren't at DS9 necessarily. And I think the way to do that, it was with the orbs, right? And we know that there are a lot of orbs and we know that the, the Bajorans lost some of the orbs along the way the, or the Cardassians stole them, you know, basically. Um, but there are probably other orbs out there. And it probably stands to reason, if we extend it, that the prophets could probably create new orbs as needed to help impart a lesson or to impart something onto the Bajorans or to the people in general, which is why they're taking potentially taking uh, Kaiwen and turning her into an orb and then Dukat into a new orb. Like they may be creating new orbs all like the time, that. right? I like that. So I think, I think if, if so, I don't think it needs to be tied to DS9. It doesn't need to be tied to Bajor. Um, I think it needs to be on a ship because I think this is a journey. Like if you are on a journey to redeem Dukat and to redeem Win, you need to be on something that can take that journey with you so that the crew who has been saddled with this responsibility can, can go to different places throughout the galaxy and, um, have opportunities to interact with different species to, to, to fold those lessons in together. Right. So like Ducat, here is a species who is in a situation similar to something in your past. How do you deal with it differently than how you dealt with it before or in the future or like whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you would probably want to have some sort of transwarp capability so that you could go anywhere in the galaxy. You could tie in the gamma quadrant, the Delta quadrant, the alpha quadrant, beta quadrant. So, you know, it would probably be set after Voyager gets back and, 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 and I guess early 20th century to where we have, or the Federation has access to transwarp capability or quantum slipstream drive or whatever you want to call it. So that we could go anywhere, anytime. So, so when we have two, so we know two, say there's five players, one yeah. would be Kai Win, one would be Gold Dukat, right? That would be the, mm. the <laughs> you wouldn't make them NPCs, would you? I would no. make them, a, I would I make, make you go ahead. I was. Gonna, I, I would make them NPCs because they are. They are the mission. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't want to put any player character <laughs> into playing. What if, <laughs> what if you did like a haunted ship sort of thing where it's like the orbs are inextricably attached to the ship the way like the spore data is with Discovery, yeah. and sometimes whether it's Cisco or it's Ducat or it's Wynn or it's the three of them or it's the prophets, your ship goes somewhere you're not expecting and it's part of their trials. Mm. Ooh. And if it's truly a ghost ship, does each mission mean 
that you pull different characters through time, space, Federation characters to be the crew for that mission. Oh, that'd be interesting. Mm. So all of a sudden you have Captain Kirk with Worf with, <laughs> with a lower decks character. And each one of them is key to this particular mission. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy. That'd be fun. Interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This would be a fun game to construct. I mean, this is level. This is Jim, me and you, Merrick. We're all retired. We're billionaires. We live on a lake somewhere. And we just <laughs> come to my house today because we're playing the Redemption, Star Trek Redemption story. Star Trek Redemption. Oh, I love it. It's a beautiful title. title. Yeah. Beautiful title, right? It's the name of the ship. Yeah. Ooh, it is. is Captain it? Cisco and the Redemption. Mm. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I mean, again, Jim Kirk died in the Nexus rib- ribbon, so he could show up anywhere. We exactly. <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, okay. that's that's the wonder of the that's the wonder of the of the orbs and um, and the nonlinear existence of the prophets. Right. You could pull in literally any canon character you wanted to anywhere on the timeline. Are they dead? Yeah. Bring them in. Tasha ah, Yar. Exactly. Tashi, Tasha Yar and, and Kirk have a mission together. As, Sarah, as major, uh, uh, super, what, sorry, I just forgot the leader of the Vulcan philosophy. Surak. Imagine Sur- oh. Surak. Surak, yeah. Surak comes in. Um, I don't know. The caretaker. Like, I mean, there's so many. The guardian so many. of forever. Yeah, the, the guardian, guardian of forever. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of all kinds of possibilities. I think. I um, mean, give us Empress Giorgio. Oh, yes. Always. <laughs> always, always, always a good solution. <laughs> Oh, she would put Goldicott in his place. Oh, that's oh, a, she's on that's it. A scene. Just for that, just for that. <laughs> oh, wait, she would put Kai Win. I can't wait for her to like grab Kai Win's thumb and put her in a death grip <laughs> with that. That would just make me happy. Oh goodness. Okay, now, and so and so so on the ship they embody physical form on the ship. Is that what you're saying? That would be awesome. They could, yeah. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that's the thing is they're let outside the box for a while to test them. Mm-hmm. There's something bad back in the box. Mm-hmm. The, the box being a physical form? The orb. Being, yeah, being the, an orb. Oh, an orb. Okay. Yeah. So you can let them out of the box to test them and pull them back in the box. Of course, there's the episode where they get out of the box and you got to mm-hmm. get back in the box and all that. Kind wow. of so like first, first mission, first episode, your, your characters are like, um, you know, maybe they're lower deckers, maybe they're a new bridge crew, they're they're going to their new assignment, and a Federation ship warps in and nobody knows what it is. So you go to investigate and it's Captain Cisco saying, This is the redemption. Mm-hmm. And we need your help. And you go on a couple of missions and it goes through time and like they beam Kirk aboard. And yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not too different. I don't know if you all read Star Trek with Jackson. Lansing and Colin Kelly right now. Um, they did a lot of stuff with the gods of the universe, like the crystalline being cues and stuff like that. So they're taking it there, you know, and they did a lot, you know, they didn't do anything with Kai Dukat and Gold. But I I th- I don't like adventures that get so far out that people are confused. So I still would want something very simple. And that's why I keep going back to Quantum Leap because he beams to this area, solves a problem, goes back home, you know. So I think. Hopefully his next jump will be his last. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, I'd want Gol and Kai to be the same way. Like, well, we don't want to have to be nice, but we have to, because if we give it up, we have to end our existence. So, okay, we'll take this journey. Mm -hmm. Right. 
I think, I think, boy, that would be a, a fascinating session, session zero to sit through and plan and talk to the characters. Cause I, I would love to have some, if not all of the player characters to have some sort of element of their character. That's also in need of redemption. So they can yeah. all be on their, so they can all be on their own individual journey. In addition to redeeming win, win and Ducat. Right. It, it, Cause it, I mean, it's one thing just to be along for the ride and have to be doing these endless fetch quests for <laughs> to cotton win but like what if your own character is on this journey too and maybe not maybe doesn't realize it initially and then there's that episode where like oh crap what he's going through or what Ducat's going through I'm going through and oh wow maybe that changes my perspective a little bit and maybe develops a little bit more compassion I um, love okay. that. that said yeah. I know who I'm picking then I know if I had to play a player character in here I know who I'm picking I'm picking Bolana Torres's mother mm. interesting who would you pick, Jim and Merrick? Oh, geez. <laughs> I, it would have to. I mean, I, I'm always a fan of creating new characters, but uh, okay. I'd have to I'd have to really think about how far I wanted to go, because, I mean, this is touching on like faith and uh, spirituality and like real personal reflective type of stuff. And I'd have to I'd have to really dig on that one. I, I could do it, but it would have to, it, I'd have to be really intentional about it, I think. Good. OK, so you'd probably make up someone yourself. Good. Merrick, what would you do? I, I would like to make someone up and it would probably be a Bajoran. Um, mm. and I'd love to just sort of dig deep into that. Um, mm. but also popping into my head was lore. Hmm. Wow. That's nice. I like that. A robot achieving not only sentience, but spirituality. Or like you said, like one of the missions, um, I love that ends up and lore is involved and like, I love this. Oh, this, this, I'm telling you right now, this is actually really deep. I love crap. I love stuff like this. <laughs> this, this is really good. I mean, I, I think, again, I think because like it, Batman, right? Joker makes the movie. If there's no Joker, there is no Batman, right? <clears throat> so I love it too that I think people just knowing that Kai and Goal are the stars of this, that attracts so much attention. Because there's oh, that, can, that, that's that dread that something's about to blow up in your face at all moments, right? I can I can picture this beautiful, symmetrical, almost Star Wars movie poster art of like, you know, the ship and like Cisco and then Wynn and Ducat in like their very arrogant poses yes. standing on either side of it. Like, that's cool. Yeah. And the ship would have to be advanced because it even has mm -hmm. profit technology. It has it has yeah. celestial temple engine technology integrated so being on it would be almost like being in i don't know if you've ever been to saint chapelle's in 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 france the the stained glass window effect mm. like just this it's this multicolored prismatic effect and it's just makes you feel once you walk onto it like oh and it's just like it's just that feel so you'd have to design like a cathedral something yes something yeah yeah so the ship would have to almost have that almost like the klingon baroque look you know when they designed into discovery season one it almost has to be a cross between that just to make it seem like okay i'm in i'm on holy ground right now that would be that'd be very uh, ambassador level kind of vessel yeah yeah that's cool crazy <laughs> jim's jim's thinking something else <laughs> oh no i mean i just I, i'm loving i'm loving what i'm hearing and uh i almost it almost wants me to it almost makes me want to go pull the uh uh, Shackleton book off the shelf and do a little bit of reading into the Calmiran and make it a make it a living crystalline mm -hmm. ship that uh, has elements of that space and time thing. Um, oh, that's but, right. But it's not it's not a Federation ship necessarily. It's mm -hmm. it's 
beyond it's 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 uh self-aware so i i would make it like uh discovery it's itself it's a it's an entity unto itself i love on that. its own journey <laughs> so it's not it's not even just they don't have an astrometrics lab they have a chronometrics lab like you go in there and look into the oh, yeah. crystal and then navigate you have to do temporal tem, this was a new focus temporal navigation yeah, someone on yeah. there is a temporal navigator oh Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm done. Don't roll a complication <laughs> on that test because you got all the, you got all the facets and stuff, and like you know, time is what what angle are you looking at? Oh. Uh, in the facet, right? Oh man, there's so many places we could go with this. Klingon time crystal. It was a cl- adapted Klingon time crystal mm. into a dilithium matrix. Yeah, and, and in fact, one of the one of the one of the player characters could be a Tholian. Wow, right? Can not? we bring bright eyes back? Can we bring bright eyes back? Yeah. Sure, bring them in. <laughs> bring on, throw uh, it all in there. Uh, Star Trek Adventures is amazing. Have a couple of binars <laughs> on the crew. Oh, no, yeah, Ty- every everyone on the ship would have to be like the medical. The doctor needs to know how to take care of temporal sickness, right? Because that's going to be one of the big temporal radiation is one of the biggest keys. So they'd have to know how to deal with that. And everyone has to be adjusted. I mean, you may even have an XB because we know they on the tars, right? So XBs could be key on this. Oh man, there's just, you guys are, I'm, I'm going to stay up all night. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of Sulaban. I forget huh? who actually, yeah. Ooh. Oh, Sulaban from a time when they become part of the Federation. Mm-hmm. And there's a little office in the back that is a DTI office. This is the guy who bugs everyone constantly like, and tells no, them they're no, not following no. protocol. Hey, <laughs> there needs to be that guy. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's just a, it's, it's, it's like an old government, you know, yeah, all five grab foot two, yes. five foot two, balding. Every time you see him, he's just got his his head in his hands. He wears glasses. He's the yeah. only one who wears glasses for some <laughs> reason, and he's and he's like ah, infraction, infraction. Like, oh my like, god! Like I this. have to report this. His screen is constantly flashing up red alert, like oh infraction. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, just make it stop. Oh, he's the comedy relief. Every show, he's like, like they have to get permission from him to authorize the mission, then to get back, and things go wrong, and he's on top of them. <laughs> oh man, oh, oh wow! I, I just I, I turns and of, looks at the camera. Just yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> of his, I'm trying to think of his focuses. I mean, we'll have that's a whole nother character. That would be fun. Okay, bureaucracy. Well, you guys did it. We were given a challenge. I, I forgot the name of the person who challenged us to award the hundredth episode, but I actually think I'm looking forward to the story. I never thought I'd want to see Kai win again, but and how much fun would it be as a game master to put on the persona of Kai Win or Goldicott? I would take some taxing on me. I, I have I'm sure I have a little gold cot in me, but I win. I'm gonna have to work on that one. But it would be fun. I think I think I think the key though, right, is that you're not just playing Kai Win. You're not just playing Gold Ducat. You're you're playing Kai Win trying mm-hmm. incrementally to be somebody else. And it's Gold Ducat trying to overcome his own ego over millennia or countless decades or whatever, you know, the timey whiny elements yeah. of it. so so like i could i could totally get into it right like yeah. they have moments where they fall back onto their old ways yeah but but then they'd be like oh wait 
I can't do that. <laughs> well, I think yeah. the first season they'd be struggling with disbelief. I think they'd be like kind of in this surreal area, like this can't be real. And maybe it's not. So let me hold on to a little bit of the old because I need to look for my out. Looking for the angle. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think the first season or two, they'd be really doubtful. And then finally be like, OK, this is real. OK, so this since this is the real situation, how am I going to take advantage of it? Yeah. You know, and then that's a growth too, right? Goldicott being like, I'm stuck in this orb, but that planet has this interesting technology. So we're going to explore it because we need to help them. But I'm going to get my hands on what I need to get out. Yes, because that's some <laughs> sort of anti-chroniton harnessing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that honestly, and part of the place that makes my heart throb is I think they're slowly falling in love with each other through the episodes. Like, I really think that they would have this Could weird admiration. Well, she, she I mean, they fake before, right? Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. Could they get back around there in a satisfying way? Well, they have to believe this. This is the this is the romance in the story. If 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 I can be redeemed, so can they. Mm -hmm. And if I lose hope in them, then I lose hope in myself. Oh, it's such a. It's suddenly such a can of worms now that I'm thinking about it, because wrapping into that being like Goldicott with Kai Wynn again, Goldicott is just not trustworthy around Bajoran women. Mm. And then Goldicott as mm. a prophet guiding their culture, like, wow, you got to move his needle far. But that would be really satisfying if he could do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a night I don't sleep. <laughs> this is a night Jim Michael's Johnson. Michael's up writing. In my old days, no, in my old days, Jim Johnson would have received four uh, 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 pitches. Like, we got to do this. This is a mission <laughs> brief set. But I'll leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't leave it alone. Put it up on a continuing mission. Whew. Oh, man. <laughs> or just you know, throw, the, throw the ideas together. I mean, I mean, hey, fans, we just gave you an hour of uh, some pretty deep stuff that just probably literally scratches the surface of what's possible with Star Trek. I mean, I tell you, this yeah. franchise is so amazing. You can fit anything you want in here and you put some smart brains together and just start riffing and you can go all kinds of places with it. This has been fascinating. I love this stuff. Yeah. This would be the Wanda vision of Star Trek. Mm. Mm hmm. Mm. Ooh, if really you could tap into that amount of catharsis for those two characters. Mm hmm. This would be that. Oh man, okay, we got it. We're just gonna end it because I'll keep going. I, my mind's literally popping off ideas right now and episode ideas, <laughs> and I'm just gonna leave it alone. If if yeah. you all want us to do more of this, then I demand that we at least have a thousand new followers on continuing <laughs> conversations. If we get a thousand followers more, then I'll go ahead and we'll Merrick back and we will now start breaking down episode by episode how we would construct Star Trek redemption. Mm. <laughs> That's that's it. Otherwise, I'm just never going to sleep again. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank yous. Okay, so my thank you actually uh, goes to you, Merrick, um, and those like you. Yeah, and the reason why is um, myself and Jim, we've noticed a lot, you know, in the past hundred episodes or so. Um, we've done all kinds of variety of episodes, but where we've met a lot of demand when we ask like, what do you want to hear more of? It's more about how to play the game and things like this, <clears throat> like how to create stories and how to engage players. So Merrick, when I see you online and other people like you who are producing how-to videos, um, I hear so, I mean, every week we say, hey, I, 
I wish I'm a video learner. I'm an audio learner. I wish I could watch it and stuff like that. So the fact that you're adding to the community and adding the wealth of how to's, um, thank you. And I hope it inspires a whole bunch of other people not to be shy about it, just to jump into it because it helps hundreds of people. We, we hear from. 10 or 20 of them, but I guarantee you there's hundreds, if not thousands of people who are feeding off this and becoming fans of Star Trek and Captain's Log. So thank you, Merrick. That's my thank you for today. Over to you. Thank you. Um, I mean, mine plays off of that. I mean, a first quick thank you for inviting me onto the show. Like I've had a killer time tonight. This was so much fun. Um, but like, I just need to say thank you to my players. To the people that I play this game with, um, that I play all of these games with, who are like, you know, at first, oh yeah, we'll we'll just we'll humor Merrick and we'll play another RPG this weekend. <laughs> but like just the the energy and the joy that your players can bring to the game when you do communal storytelling, like that is stuff that sticks with you for years and years and years. And so I'm very thankful for my players and I hope everybody watching like says thank you to these people who are joining this game with you. For sure. Jim Johnson. Yeah. So I want to, I want to thank both of you for, for spending the last hour with me, uh, you know, on the show, just talking about this stuff, talking about these characters and the story potential. And I think, um, you know, just to wrap it up, you know, hey, guess what, viewers? We just spent an hour talking about character, talking about story. And I don't think we talked about mechanics at any single point of this episode. We didn't talk about how it was going to happen mechanically in the game. We were just going with the characters and with the story. And that more than anything else is what I think Star Trek Adventures is really, really good at. Is that getting into the character interactions, the themes, the moral dilemmas, that kind of stuff. You don't need mechanics for that. You just need a good group of people to get together with and tell some amazing stories. So that more than anything else is is what I'm grateful for. Um, I also want to thank all the producers and all the writers of Deep Space Nine for creating the characters of Kai Wynn and Gul Dukat, uh, just realizing that they were on so few episodes, but they were so impactful Crazy. from a writing standpoint. Uh, and then thank you to Louise Fletcher and to Marco Limo for bringing those characters to life on screen and making them so, I mean, compelling, right? Yeah, like yeah. You, you may have hated them. You may have weirdly admired them, but you kept watching and you kept coming back and they kept coming back. And and like, that is a testament to really, really good actors with really, really good material to work with. So it's the directors, it's the producers, it's the writers, everybody involved in the whole production, but it's also those two actors, those two actors who did such a fabulous job with a limited number of appearances that 30 years later, we're talking about making this entire series uh, spin off of everything that they did and, and, and finding some way to redeem their characters. <laughs> right. And it, it just, it breaks my heart that we'll, we'll probably never get another DS nine story. Cause I think, um, you know, harkening way back to the last episode where we were talking about how amazing Cisco is, as a father figure and everything else. We, we don't get that closure with, with Jake and Cisco. Like I want that closure. And I just don't well, yeah, we can. I'm get, this is where I say support your comic writers, support your novelists, yeah. support, yeah. support those other genres because those can give you closure. Yeah, um, and and you know, yeah, production costs and stuff like that. Maybe we can't get 21 seasons of a Star Trek, but that supportive. <laughs> 
literature is so key. And even you playing RPG with your group just to wrap it up the way you wanted to see it is closure too. Oftentimes it's even better than the TV shows. So, so please support the arts in whatever form they come. um, Mm -hmm. Cause, cause we're all, we love these stories so much. Yeah. And of course I'd be remiss if I didn't thank the fans. Um, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. I'll say it forever. Um, the, the fans are, are such a key component of this, uh, of this game and of this fan base. Uh, thank you for all you do. Thank you for supporting each other, uh, especially when you support new fans as they come in. I see it on the Reddit. I see it on the Facebook group. I see it on discord every time, every week, new fans come into the game and discover the fan groups and the fan groups always take it upon themselves to bring these new fans into it. Right. You're asking questions. You're asking, Asking about the game other fans are answering them faster than we can right i can't get to the questions as fast as another fan can so it's just great to see the the fan base is super healthy and 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 then the ecosystem is really strong so that just makes it so much easier to do what i do um but so thanks to all the fans uh we could not be doing this after seven years now without you so uh, uh the sky's the limit so thank you all right great episodes thanks merrick for coming idic yeah, thank you merrick Live long and prosper. Be safe. Be well. We'll talk to you next time.